Welcome back to Watched Once Never Again, the podcast where we watch disturbing films from across genres so you don't have to. I'm Mary Beth. And I'm Dax. And this week we are talking about Boys Don't Cry, uh, directed by Kimberly Pierce. As a heads up, everybody, big old trigger warning. Jesus, big old trigger (laughs) warnings for transphobia, homophobia, sexual assault, murder, hate crimes, self-harm. What else? Drunk driving. Yeah, like most bad things happen in this movie. It is very (laughs) upsetting. Can you think of a thing? Can you think of a bad thing? It's in here. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the story of Brandon Tina. So Dax, do you want to, do you want to read us the synopsis of this yes. film? <laughs> and I, I should clarify, it's the heavily fictionalized version of his story, I think. Yes, this is, yeah, this is the fictional version. And then there's the Brandon Tina story, which is the documentary, which is real. Quote unquote. I just, yeah. Anyway. It's offensive. <laughs> yeah. Hillary Swank plays Brandon Tina and anyway, I, that's a whole, I just, I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, I meant the documentary, the documentary I find offensive. Oh but... yeah. No. Oh yeah. We And we'll also talk about that. I'm getting ahead of myself because there's so many things I want to talk about yes. with this movie, but I guess we should probably read everyone the synopsis. And once again, just trigger warnings abound here, guys. All right. So, um, This is just from Wikipedia. Once again, for the millionth time, I'm not going to write it. I don't want to. Anyway. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Brandon Tina is a young trans man. When Brandon is discovered to be transgender by a former girlfriend's brother, he receives death threats. Soon after, he is involved in a bar fight and is evicted from his cousin's trailer. Brandon moves to Falls City, Nebraska, where he boot befriends ex-convicts John Lauder and Tom Neeson and their friends Candace and Lana Tisdale. Brandon becomes romantically involved with Lana, who is initially unaware both of his his anatomy and his troubled past. I do not like that sentence. Woo! Let trans people write everything. How about that? Anyway. The two make plans to move to Memphis, where Brandon will manage Lana's karaoke singing career, which I want to talk about. Eventually, they kiss during a date night, which ends with them having sex. The police detain Brandon on charges that arose prior to his relocation. They place him in the women's section of the Falls City Prison. Lana bells Brandon out and asks why he was placed in a women's prison. Brandon attempts to lie to her, saying he was born a hermaphrodite and will soon receive genital reconstruction surgery. But Lana stops him, declaring her love for Brandon, regardless of his gender. However, while Brandon is in prison, Candace finds a number of documents listing Brandon's birth name, which is uh, Tina Brandon. I didn't want to say it, but I did. And she and her friends react to this news with shock and disgust. They enter Brandon's room. Uh, search among Brandon's things and discover some transgender literature that confirms their suspicions. Also want to talk about that. Tom and John violently confront Brandon, forcing him to remove his pants and reveal his genitals. I don't like that word. They try to make Lana look, but she shields her eyes and turns away. After this confrontation, Tom and John drag Brandon into John's car and drive to an isolated location where they brutally beat and gang rape him. Afterwards, 
They take Brandon to Tom's house. Though injured, Brandon escapes through a bathroom window. Although his assailants threaten Brandon and warn him not to report the attack to the police, Lana persuades him to do so. However, the police chief proves to be less concerned with the crime than with Brandon's, quote, sexual identity crisis. Later, John and Tom get drunk and drive to Candace's house. Lana attempts to stop them, but they find Brandon, who has been riding or been hiding in a nearby shed. John shoots Brandon under the chin, killing him instantly. While Candace is crying out to him, out to them to spare her baby, Tom shoots her in the head as Lana fights with them, begging them to stop. Tom stabs Brandon's lifeless body. John and Tom flee the scene while a crying Lana lies with Brandon's body and the baby toddles through the open door to the outside crying. The next morning, Lana wake, uh, awakens next to Brandon's corpse. Her mother arrives and takes her away from the scene. As Lana leaves Falls City, a letter Brandon wrote to her is heard in a voiceover. The end? Yep. Well, let me just say, <laughs> I don't know how one can have a karaoke singing career, but they were very dead set on that. Is that a thing that can't not here? No, I don't think it is. I don't like. Have you ever done karaoke? That's important to know. I have. No, I have done karaoke. I there's a place near where I live, a bar that does live band karaoke. And I drank three margaritas and sang Johnny Cash. What song do you remember? Folsom Prison Blues. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And the best part about that place is if you are too drunk, keep hitting the mic with your mouth. They have a helmet that has like a spacer. So you don't keep hitting the microphone and no. it's like the helmet of shame. And one guy had to wear it. Cause he was singing Miley Cyrus and like couldn't stand up. So he has <laughs> this giant football helmet with the microphone in it. So he wouldn't keep hitting it with his drunk face. Oh my God. I've done karaoke before and it was to get a girl's number. Did it work? It sure did because she was like, well, if you sing karaoke, I'll give you the number. It wasn't even a number for me. It was a number for my friend. I was like, I'll fucking do it. I don't care. I'll do it for free. What'd you sing? I I feel like you could probably guess what I sang. Did you sing Paramore? No, I sang Britney Spears. Okay. Which one? I don't remember what song it was, but I remember it was Britney Spears. It was probably like Toxic or something. Very good. Very yeah. Good. Or Oops, I Did It Again. That's a good one. But yeah, it is. That is like karaoke singing career. It's not. And it like Brandon's like people get paid to do a lot of things. And it's like, but I don't think that I don't think that one. Yeah, I guess it's just to illustrate how like naive they are and how they yeah. don't know anything about the real world. Yeah. It, Brandon illustrates that over and over again. He just does whatever he wants all the time. Just fucks around and finds out in the worst way possible. I know. Okay, so I guess where to start with this film? I would like to say something that we see from the very beginning is how this movie, I hate how I have to say this, but it is true, tries to show that he is, quote, actually a woman. I hate it. And they do it over and over. And it's like, we fucking know he's trans. Like, like you know what I mean? You don't have to show him like... With a fake penis 
like putting it in his un- like putting it in his underwear or like putting yeah. the sock in and like wrapping with an ace bandage like we don't you don't have to show it like it's cool it's, yeah it's not even like it's not even the packing so much the the binding i'm curious if he actually used an ace bandage to bind because mm-hmm. like you're famously not supposed to fucking do that because yeah. you could like die but i wrote down like a couple examples like like one example that annoyed me was he's good with they they comment on how he's good with kids i'm like dude like what does that fucking mean like like you know what i mean yeah so men can't be good with kids ever but good all with kids but literally all he does is say hi to the kids like you're good yeah. with kids i'm like you the bars on the fucking floor <laughs> it's like you didn't do anything what the fuck he didn't even do anything and then another one was like how they point out how he has small hands i was just gonna say you got tiny hands like like shut the fuck up have you tried it do you know how many p- people have said that to me in my life you have such small hands or you have such small feet i am five fucking feet tall okay what do you want from me no matter what my gender is or was or will ever be i'm short as fuck i was gonna say you're just you just got small feet because you're short like that's all <laughs> like, i'm so small i'm fucking mexican first of all like what do you fucking want from me and my mom's Irish. Like I was never going to be a tall person. God damn it. You're destined to fail. It would leave me alone. My mom's like Irish and like Romani. Like I'm going to be fucking short. I'm just, t- you're just a small, you're just a small person. You're a small. Once bee. again, tying it back to Portlandia. There's a sketch about like how he, how Fred Armisen's a little guy. He's <laughs> like, my, my hands are small. My features are small. And he could like do all sorts of cool shit. <laughs> he could like fly. <laughs> anyway, sorry to yell. I'm not insecure about my height, but that honestly did trigger me because whenever people like, I don't want to stay triggered like in like a casual way, but that actually is something that I find like I'm insecure about. Yeah. So when they said that, it like like my alarm started sounding and I was like, yeah. get out of there. Like, you know, they know everything. Like, you know, well, <laughs> and I, like, I, I feel like they probably, like, it feels like some, a choice that they had to show the danger. I, it, it felt like that, but I know what you mean. And like, we don't, there's other ways that can be port. Like the danger, I feel like yeah. you already feel like in this movie, I don't feel yeah. like those lines really enhance that fear because it already is set up. The stakes are so high for yeah. Brandon. So it's like, yeah, okay, people make comments like that, but we already know that like it's a really like tenuous situation where Brandon is like any moment could potentially and it's fucking bullshit too. Like there there's the whole fight scene where he can't possibly fight back against that trucker because he's actually a woman. Like uh, 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 (laughs) the way I got so mad when I watched that. First of all, this was not my first time watching this movie, Mm -hmm. nor was it yours no, we both yeah. saw it once i never Did wanted to watch it? it again I yeah never i never wanted to watch it never either. wanted to watch it again so naturally i chose it for pride month Woo! parkour um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that scene pissed me off because it's like he would like try to throw a punch and then the trucker guy would just stop him and like punch him really hard in the face it's yeah like, so trans men can't fight no uh, try you, you try it they all trans people i want public service announcement all trans people can fight okay because we have to know how 
like especially trans women and men need to understand like cis men need to understand that i think do not do not you don't want it you know yeah nope yeah Mm -hmm. you don't you know just walk away you don't want it i've seen things (laughs) (laughs) things you wouldn't believe or at least give you a run for your money it's not gonna be like how he got like he had he stood no chance like granted it's fucking hillary swank she's very like thin and and to be fair brandon was very small like like you know thin i mean yeah and that guy was huge but like he couldn't even get one hit in please well okay so let's back up and yeah please talk about rein me in (laughs) let's talk about like the kind of the case that this is based on and the horrific crime that this is based on. Uh, Brandon Tina was a actual person. He, the story is kind of like relative accurate. I don't know if that's the it's right mostly word. Accurate, it's mostly accurate. Like it does follow like this, the, the, the actual, like the, a lot of the beats of what happened to him, but he was, it uses the, uh, like the sheriff's like interview word for word. Yeah. So it's that kind of version of his story and how he was brutally murdered for being transgender. He was murdered in 1993. And this was right. This was very soon after the, oh no, this was before the Matthew Shepard murder in Wyoming. So there was two very horrific back-to-back murders of people in the queer community and I think this led to a lot of more like anti hate crime laws. But yeah, so this is based on a true story and unlike monster, which is like pretty romanticized. This one is, there's a lot of romanticism, romanticization to it, um, particularly with Lana. That's a whole thing with Lana, but this one is a bit more accurate to Brandon's actual story and the events leading up to his death. I don't, yeah, I don't think the whole Lana thing went like that. Yeah, necessarily. So, so like La- she definitely wasn't with him. Yeah. So Lana Tisdale was played by Chloe Svegney, but in the film, Chloe uh Lana is basically shown staying with Brandon and saying like once she realizes that he's trans, she declares like I don't care. But in a lot of the actual Lana Tisdale actually sued the production company, I think, because that she claimed it wasn't true that she only knew Brandon for about two months. And that when she found out that he was trans, she broke it off, but they remained friends, but she didn't appear that apparently like sell them rights to her story or like give them permission. And she kept trying to stop the movie from being released because of its inaccuracies. And it still did. She got a settlement, but it's still like, very different story than she says actually happened, which um, again, adds to like romanticizing of the plot and being like, look, this woman will stay with this trans person regardless of their anatomy. And it's like, oh, fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's almost, it's like, first of all, yes, I agree. That's so irritating. It's also like <laughs> this movie made her seem <laughs> way more likable She's like, this didn't make me unlikable enough. I mean, it's her story and she doesn't (laughs) want it to be inaccurate. But I'm just saying it made you seem not transphobic. And uh, it made you seem pretty nice, actually, pretty sweet and sad. Like, and not no shade, but this casting crew was very generous to all involved, except for Brandon, because Brandon was actually hot. 
And I will go on record saying that. I hope it's not offensive. You're on record saying this. But the rest of them benefited heavily. Just want to put that out there. She should have She should have just sat there and ate her food. <laughs> <laughs> you got Chloe Sevigny to portray you. Like, take that as a massive compliment, my friend. For real. So let's talk about the movie first. And we can, like, go into maybe, like, the wider context. I know we're jumping okay. around a little bit. There's just so much to fucking say about yeah. this. And I also movie. don't want to, like dominate the whole conversation no, just because i'm a trans man <laughs> no i don't think no, not at all okay but okay so i guess overall i want to get your like overall impressions and like thoughts about this movie like what did you did you like it like what did you think of its representation of brandon like overall thoughts and feelings about what this how this film does in terms of representing this like horrific thing okay that's a lot of parts so let me start with the first <laughs> time i saw it okay I was a teenager, so it had to be early 2000s, like 2002, 2003, maybe. Okay. Because um, I remember I was in middle school, and I was in middle school from, I was in middle school from 2003 to 2006. You watched that in middle school? Well, Whew. because this is another fascinating part of this movie. So this, for young queer people like younger than us I mean yeah. you're slightly younger than me but I think that they often forget we did not have shit and people older than me had even less you know yeah, exactly and this movie came out when you know my friends and I as I've said before we were pretty much all queer and most of us identified at that time as lesbians I'm the only one who ended up not being a lesbian, but I digress. (laughs) So I remember my friend and I watched this because it was like, quote unquote, lesbian representation. Again, we were in middle school. We didn't know. Yeah. Oh, interesting label for that. But yeah. Well, that's that's kind of how it was being marketed, though. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I didn't I watched this later, so I didn't I did not think I realized that it was being marketed as a lesbian. Well, at the time, you know, transgender wasn't like a common word. Like, yeah. And this plays, this is another part of the conversation for why trans people should play trans people because Hillary Swank played him. And Hillary Swank is the one kissing Chloe Seveny, which makes it quote unquote lesbian representation to the media, you know? Yeah. That's wrong. You know, but yeah. that's how that's kind of how it was being marketed. And and again, we were young. We didn't know the difference yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100 percent. So we watched it because at the, in those times you latched on to all like if you were a lesbian, you latched on to all lesbian stuff because it's all you fucking had. Yeah. And and, and same with like queer uh, gay guys and, you know, everybody. We if if something came out that was like your avenue of LGBT, you just held on to it for <laughs> your life because that's yeah. what you got. You know, we watched it and we got to the assault scene. I don't take anything seriously. I had a full on panic attack, like hysterically oh. crying, hyperventilating. Oh, we had to stop the movie. My friend like almost called nine one one because that never happened in front of her before, and and. I don't even know if it had ever happened before that. I didn't know it was happening. I was scared. And yeah, I was like a fucking mess. And it's not that I hadn't seen assaults in movies before. Something about this one got me. It turns out I'm a trans man. 
And, you know, my friend was asking me, like, she didn't understand why I was so upset. Like, she was upset. She was crying because it's a fucking sad movie. Yeah. I was crying because I, like, I saw something in this movie that related to me in such a way that I did not fucking understand and I couldn't handle it. Like, I didn't know what was happening to me. Yeah. I didn't know what I was feeling, but all I knew was like, this was a person, you know, I hate how I'm going to say it, but this was a person who looked like a girl who thought and felt and believed they were a man. And that's how I felt. But like, I had never talked to anybody or seen anybody who ever understood that before. Yeah. So when I like, yeah, like when I, watch this and and this was not like the movie that made me realize like i didn't know what the fuck i was feeling you know yeah um i just knew that it felt too real and felt like it could happen to me like in a way that like i wasn't like i didn't know i was in for you know like i didn't know that's what i was gonna see Mm -hmm. so she was like questioning me and she asked me like if that had happened to me and like I didn't know what to do or say yeah and I I didn't even comprehend what she said but I said like yes because I uh, like I felt like connected to the movie but then I realized after what she said and I was like no you know that like didn't happen but like I always think about that moment because I'm like does my friend think this happened to me because like I was a fucking like yeah mess, you know? Yeah. I always feel bad about that, even though I was like literally a child and I I never came out to my family, <laughs> but I did come out to like everyone I know and uh, just a Facebook post. Cause I was like, I'm not doing this over and over again. I'll do it once. If you see it, you see it. If you don't, you'll be confused <laughs> and I don't care, you know? So, and it worked. I had, from doing music and stuff, I had like a couple thousand friends on Facebook. So I was like, just do it all at once. Yeah. You know? Rip the bandaid off. And again, like you said, not have to do it over and over and over again. Cause that's- yeah, especially cause I was still actively like making music and stuff. Yeah. And you know, I had been experimenting with like, in like, you know, fake facial hair and stuff, which I don't recommend at like shows before I came out and people were like getting so confused so I was like, I can't take it anymore, you know? Yeah. But I talked to her after that and I was like, I need to clarify something like this did not happen to me. I was upset because I saw myself in Brandon and like seeing that happen to him made it really scary because I, I suddenly worried that someone would like do that to me because of how I look or like how I am or whatever. And she understood. And, and I think that she's, I, if I remember correctly, she said like, I came to know that after the whole thing happened, but I always felt bad about that. I don't know why, like, I, I don't think I necessarily should, but I did feel bad about that. I know what you mean though. Cause it's like, you didn't mean to tell yeah, it's like it's a hard, lie. It's, say, it's a lie, but it's also just like it wasn't like you were trying to be malicious. You were just like very traumatized and in like a very vulnerable state. And yeah. re- and especially it's hard when you're a kid and like you don't you don't understand it. You're like, I don't have words for this yeah. because you've never seen like you had never seen it before. You've never seen someone who had that experience as being a trans, like being a trans person. Right. So it's probably like a lot of 
things happening to you at once. And then having it be the first time you see this kind of story, it's a fucking tragic one. And you're like, oh, cool. Is like this just what it means to be this way? Exactly. Like, oh, if I do live my life this way, because how he was living his life, despite the crime and everything, but like, that's how I felt. You know? Yeah. So like, I was like, oh, if I do that, I'll just like be killed. Like, you know? Yeah. Which maybe, but, um, and I did, I like, I just like misunderstood her question. So I think about that a lot. Cause I yeah. thought what she was asking me was like, is that how you like feel? Oh, like, like how you, you sick. know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I misunderstood what she said Yeah. and I didn't realize till after, but I always think about that. So that was my first experience watching this movie. Holy shit, as, you could probably guess I never wanted to watch it again. Uh, it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like it's not even like you, you know. So how long ago was that? I I I can't do math. So like, say it was two thousand four, right? Um, from that time till now, what fifteen years or so? Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know math. I could probably recite this movie to you, even though I only saw it once. Really? Because that's how, yeah, it Holy sucked with me so much. Like there were, there were parts of it that would just play over and over in my head. And it wasn't even necessarily the assault part. It was like other parts, like the funny parts or, you know, the sex scene uh, or, you know, just whatever, like scenes with like Candace talking, like, yeah. thing, like things you wouldn't remember if you only saw it once, but that's how much it stuck with me. Watching it this time, I was honestly dreading it, even though I picked it, <laughs> full disclosure. But I also, like, having that context of the first and only time you've watched it, I can fucking understand why you were dreading watching it. It's like... Yeah. It was a that's bring like, that experience for you, too. Like, oh, cool. I yeah. guess you remember having that, like, horrific panic attack. Yeah. And I've only... I think I've only had a panic attack that one time at a movie. The only other time... I remember like cry, even crying like hard in a movie was twice. One, Titanic when I was a child. And two, you know, it was like Jack when he yeah, goes into no, the water. It's very yeah. sad. But then the two was not even long ago. It was when I saw The Farewell by myself. A movie that's not even sad. It's emotional, though. It's fucking emotional. I cried. Yeah. But it was at the I, I didn't cry. I did cry during during Call Me By Your Name a little bit when the dad was nice to him when like the dad's like, it's okay, you know, Um, but yeah, the farewell after I know what happens, I won't spoil it, but it doesn't go how you think it's going to go. Yeah, I was a mess. (laughs) I couldn't leave the theater. Oh my god, that was me after Little Women. Like I literally cried the whole time, and I was by myself in a crowded movie theater, and like I had a scarf over my face. And I was like, "Don't look at me." (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I it was like I could like I couldn't leave the theater to the point where like everyone was gone. I was the only person in theater, and the cleaners were like worried. (laughs) And like I wouldn't leave, and I texted someone, and I was like, "I can't fucking leave." Like I'm really crying. Like. Like it it can't mess, be seen but... in public like this. Dude, I was like concerned. I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to like fucking leave. Cause it was like, I'm not kidding for like 10 straight minutes of me by myself in the theater hysterically crying. Yeah. Can you imagine? I don't, I let, I don't take anything seriously. Whatever. It's hard to imagine <laughs> that for you. I will say that it's hard to imagine. 
It's but, because it's because the scene where the grandmother hands her the money and says, like, don't use this on something important. Use it on, like, something frivolous. It reminded me of my aunt who had just, like, died. Oh. And, yeah, oh, I can't, okay. actually can't even talk about it. But it was <laughs> her birthday the, the other, other day. So. Actually, yesterday from when we're recording. But well, anyway, yeah, the other sad thing. Like the other sad thing we're talking about see you shouldn't let me talk this is the problem no who gave me this podcast you (laughs) and me i guess (laughs) um yeah so anyway watching it this time i was dreading it and i i was actually okay like and the sick part of my brain actually told me i'd probably be okay because i've seen so many worse assault scenes since that time this one was hard to watch and i did like have to look away like a few times but yeah i i was okay you know even afterwards like thinking about it i was sad but like i wasn't distraught i went about my life like okay ish you know yeah just thinking about it to a normal extent well that's good yeah i was honestly a little bit worried that it would break my brain yeah i was i was worried about it too for you, not for me, for you, because I know yeah. that's just really hard. I didn't know the whole context, but I knew this was like really yeah, hard one it's for hard. you in general. Just the way when yeah, we talked about it, it's especially hard because there we really don't have. I don't want to get get on my soapbox about it, but we don't really have any trans man like representation. Anywhere. I was going to bring this up, so I <laughs> I was going to make this. We can stuff. talk about it if you no. if you have comments and stuff. I mean, I. It's basically the same thing as like how we don't have a lot of trans. We don't have a lot of trans representation in the first place, but it's a lot of trans women. And especially in this time period, it was always like, I feel like it was like trans women tricking men. And this like kind of felt similar to this where it's like, look at this trans. It's always like trans people tricking people and then getting punished for tricking them. And like, yeah that feels like a lot of the narratives that I've seen and it's getting slowly better, but like, so for so long, that was the narrative. And this follows that same thing, Mm -hmm. but for trans men, but I was going to say like, I can't think of many other trans men that I've seen in film. Yeah. Like there's a couple, but I I honestly, I can't even think of any in the real world, the the real world, the L word. Oh, the L word. That's right. Yes. The L word generation. Q. Okay, so the original L word had a trans trans man character in it, yeah. but it was portrayed by a woman. Mm-hmm. And but the new L word, Generation Q, the like reboot has like an actual trans man on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then you know, th- like I know I I personally follow like um a trans man like model and I saw him on RuPaul's Drag Race like okay. as um a pit crew before. Oh okay. But other than that like I really can't think of anything. I'm sure there are things that I don't know of cuz like you know the young people rom-coms with like those soft boys in them. I'm sure one of those has a trans man in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. Stuff based but- on like a John Green book fuck i mean i had to go there but basically most most films that involve trans people are trans women and then trans narratives are often trans people tricking up like straight 
cis people. For sure. For a long fucking time. Yeah. So that's part of my annoyance. Like, uh, you know, that that also makes this hard to watch because it's yeah. like, well, we only get one and this is it. So you only thanks. get one and it's based on a true story about a trans guy who died. It's not even like an original yeah. like story. It's like, yeah. oh, based on a tragedy. And it's like, I think movies like this are always exploiting tragedy. And I also think that because he was trans, like they definitely were like, ooh, like let's see. Like I maybe I'm like being bitter cynical. and like j- cynical about this. I know that the director did a lot of research and like, you know, I think did it seem what to, to see buffered out. I'm buffering. <laughs> it seems like she did want to tell the story the right way, but it's hard to watch a movie like this and not feel like you're exploiting a story that is probably considered sensational and like using that to get people to watch it. Also, it's Oscar yeah. bait because Hillary Swank won an oh, Oscar yeah. for this, but it's a massive Oscar bait. For sure. The fucking, uh, the fucking Oscars love a cis person playing a trans person yelling about this to steve actually today when we were getting groceries i was like jared leto won for dallas buyers club yeah but when a trans person plays a trans person goodbye oh we we don't see it <laughs> you weren't performing you weren't embodying a different persona but I yeah like and assholes. I, I do want to say like i think my not be- not beliefs, I guess, but be- like for lack of a better word, beliefs around uh, non-queer people playing queer people is probably a little more in the gray area than most would expect. Mm-hmm. Like, just to lightly touch on it, okay. I think that the reason why specifically for trans people, it's important for trans people to play trans people is because of crimes like this, where they are targeted for literally how they look. Like, so when you have a woman playing a trans man, what you're telling people who have no idea what this means is that trans men look like women. And when you have fucking Jared Leto, I don't care how good the movie is. When you have Jared Leto playing that woman, that trans woman, what you're saying is trans women look like skinny, like twink men. Like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. And I also think, again, it also emphasizes this idea that it's a performance. It's not an action. It's not like who you are. It's a performance thing. Like, it's not that you are a man. It's like you want to act like a man. And having that, again, like it just emphasizes this performative nature that people seem to address, like think of trans identity as and just reinforces that belief. Exactly. Like, this isn't like fucking the ant word or like improv comedy that your second cousin invited you to like people what a, like what a range of comparisons you just that's <laughs> where my brain goes it's not performance art is all i'm saying like yeah. it's like you know do do i have have to take like a lot of extra time to contort my fucking body so that when i go out no matter like how big my beard is or whatever like i have to I'm oh I'm I think most trans people probably for their whole lives are hyper vigilant about how they look because we have to worry. Like I yeah. do worry. I I 
am aware that at this stage in my transition, I started 10 years ago at this point, almost. I started transitioning 10 years ago, but medically I started like nine years ago. Okay. But I'm aware at this stage, I, I pass quote unquote, which is a whole other fucking problem. But I know that even with me passing, I still worry. Yeah. So like, do I have to take extra time? Yes. I do have to contort my body. I do have to like make sure certain things and trans women often, not always are the same. They have to do extra things. They have to do their makeup different ways. They have to like wear certain things. Like not always, of course, and not all trans men are like me a lot. Don't, you know, do anything and that's fine. Yeah. But that doesn't make it like a performance. That just means like, oh, I would like to not be fucking questioned or harassed or whatever. You yeah. Know? It's protection. Like you're protecting protection, yourself. Thank you. It's like armor that not yeah. to like make it seem like that. But like it's just like it's it's how you protect yourself. Yeah, it's just it it's like in even a less dramatic way to put it is just like I don't feel like dealing with any questions. Yeah. Like, you know, like don't ask, don't talk to me ever. Like <laughs> Well, that's like so frustrating. I mean, it it seems frustrating and please correct me if I'm wrong to like have to do those things to yourself so other people won't fuck with you. Yeah. And it's like, for me personally, it's like, I, I can't even like walk my dog, like whenever I want, like, yeah, it's a whole fucking process. Yeah. It's just irritating. And I, (laughs) being trans is irritating. (laughs) Like, but it, it's not always this dramatic thing, right? Like, yeah. I am much happier now. And I yeah. think most people, most trans people who who do end up transitioning, whether medically or not, I'll say, you know, end up happier because they just live more like how they feel. Yeah. But for these like kinds of movies, like, Am I going to sit here and say, is it dangerous to like have not even queer women, just a a, like a cisgender woman play a trans man? Yes, it is. Because now you have and and it's not even necessarily like cis straight people anymore. It's like, you know, a lot of TERFs are lesbians. They get really bad if you. I don't know, wear a flannel and then like people question your gender identity and stuff yeah. like that. I don't know. It's just really irritating, but that's why specifically to me personally, it is different than like having, cause the, it, it's a slippery slope with the argument. Right. Cause then people are like, Oh, well then straight people can't play gay people. And it's like, I mean, if you're going to like have a straight guy play a gay guy and he's like got a lisp and like, you know, I I don't know, like doing all the stereotype things, then no, he should probably go fuck himself and not play a gay guy. But gay people look like everyone else and they don't get picked on necessarily for how their actual body looks, whether they are like more or less flamboyant, more or less butch. That's a whole other fucking thing. But literally their physical body they're not getting like necessarily killed for that where trans people are. And that's the difference in my opinion. Like Mm -hmm. you can like a gay person doesn't look a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not saying like, this is how 
yeah yeah right like yeah well having having cis people play trans people is just saying that's how that the trans person can never actually look how they think or want to look Mm -hmm. like how they think they look or how they want to look they can never actually appear that way because inside they're always going to be a woman if they're a trans man or they're always going to be a a man if they're a trans woman and like you'll always be able to tell yeah that's what it is well that's the thing with like her getting an award for it like again like coming out looking very feminine and also being like look how brave she was to cut her hair short and portray a man and kiss a woman. You know what I mean? Like, again, that also builds on that idea of performance and how that is really dangerous. And like you said, I think it is a slippery slope with that idea of like straight people can't play queer people. But I think, again, I think it is very different and it it should be considered pretty different in terms of like a safe, even from like a safety, from a safety perspective and just like thinking those things through yeah. I mean, it's a case by case thing, too. I'm not saying straight yeah. people should just go out playing gay people. Obviously, if I want anyone to be fucking employed, it's queer people always like I do have an agenda, but <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? But like it is different. Like I like I have to worry. it. OK, before I passed. I I had to worry about things like this. Like uh, people have literally said to me, even looking how I look now, I had a coworker say to me, like, "Oh, I I can I can kind of tell that you used to be a girl. Like I can kind of see it in you." Who the fuck it's says that, that? That I wanted to commit violence, <laughs> but I did not. Oh my god, she used to like sexually harass me. Like, um, yeah, she would say that kind of shit all the time. Uh, you know what? Fuck her. Um, <laughs> But yeah. Yeah. She actually said shit like that to me. And that's why it's important. Well, and I also think, I just just thought about this, like there's so much emphasis placed on trans people passing and queer people who are cis don't have to pass. In my my experience, it's like, I know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's a little bit different. Like if someone is like, uh, how do I say it? It's, It's okay. If you don't like it, just cut it out. I'm basically with trans people, there's more of a concern with passing and appearing a certain way for safety circumstances. than like me as a bisexual woman, like I'm not out. You can't like, I'm not passing as anything. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not changing. If you're out and about, no yeah. one's going to be like, oh, well I would, but no one else, <laughs> a normal person is going to be like, oh, a bi person. And like, I know that, you know, like there are more femme or butch people that identify and like that's that I can be like a hard time but I don't get that's not yes, the same exactly. as passing you know what I mean like there it's is always physical like face yeah it's like there's always this pressure I feel like with trans people to look a certain way to convince people and if not like they're gonna look like they say shit like that and like look at you under a microscope and be like hmm do you look like a woman or a man? Ooh, yeah. Like, do you have hips like, or no, yeah, or like, like, are your shoulders a little broad or no? It's not, it's about passing and like the, the horrific emphasis that we put on having to appear a very specific way to be considered valid. Yes. Like, I don't want to sit here and be like, this should never happen because maybe there's a respectful way to do it that I just don't know about. Like, I don't like to ever be black and white about anything, but like, it's, I mean, it's going to take me like some, it's going to take some convincing <laughs> on yeah. your part, not you, but I was like, going to say a like person's part. I, not like, I, don't, part. I agree with you. Cause I don't, I don't have to, I don't, I'm on your, I, I yeah. have your same perspective. No, on no, this. no. 
we're the same person. But exactly. Like I just mean like if somebody was like, well, you can do it respectfully. I I would like to fucking see it. Please show it to me. Like please 100 percent show it to me. And sorry, like Jeffrey Tambor and Transparent can thank the transgender community all he wants, but he's still a streak. Uh, he's still a cis man playing a trans woman. Who looks yes. It's just like that for some reason makes me really angry. Like, I don't know why that specific example is the one that like frustrates me, like from like more recent examples. I don't know why, but here I am. There's actually a, uh, um, with, uh, Felicity Huffman. Yes. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen that, but I know of it. That was a mess too. Shocker. That, That one was almost more egregious because, uh, because she is a woman and they made her look like they put like prosthetics and shit on her oh, to make her right. look more male. Like what the fuck is you were so close. The answer was right there and you fucking missed it. Like, you know, like honestly, like that would have been also offensive because it's like higher trans women, but uh, at least it, like she's a woman. <laughs> but yeah. then you have to do all that. You didn't have to do but all that. Then you're that. like, oh, we have to make her look kind of masculine. We have to make sure you can see her male features. As if. Have you ever fucking looked at a trans woman? Like, seriously. Oh, please. Please get out of my face. I- like, you know what I mean? I mean, that I don't want to generalize everybody, but like, come on. So I guess bringing it back to the movie. Yeah, see, you shouldn't have let me yell. I, but I was yelling with you. I was supporting your yelling. because. But I think that's like what I really wanted to talk about with this movie is like, I feel like this movie is a launching off point for this conversation because again, like that's why this movie I think is so disturbing. This is why this movie is considered upsetting and disturbing because it is all about this representation of the death of a trans man and all of like the weird, complicated ways of representation of that story and how that like extends into today. Like, yeah, this was like a 1999 movie, but it's still like one of the only representations of trans men that we see. And I think like that is the big thing we're talking about. Like one of the biggest things we're talking about this movie. A really disturbing movie anyway, but that doesn't help things. Exactly. It's just, it's just a mess. Like even when Hillary Swank, who did thank Brandon as like, and used like male pronouns, which pissed his family off apparently. I think they've come around a little bit, but still, but it's like, she rolls up and she's like hyper feminine and it's yeah. like, Oh, look, it's such a transformation. Like, first of all, I'm sorry. It looks like Hillary Swank the whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? You cut her hair short. She froze. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. A fucking Natalie Portman meme. She's like clapping. Ooh, good for you. Whatever. Anyway. But like my next note is how generous the casting was. <laughs> well, okay, so let's talk about the like these other elements of this movie that I really did not remember from the first time I saw it. And yeah, and I would like, sorry, I, I don't want to cut you off. I would just like to hear how you reacted the first time, Joe. Um, so I watched this in a college class, in the documentary practices class that I took because we, I, my professor is just like some kind of depressing, like she's a, she was an amazing professor, but that we had a unit that was like, let's watch 
Matthew Shepard, Matthew's two films about Matthew Shepard and two films about Brandon Tina, like back to back to back. And I was just like, oh my. so like I was exhausted. Like everyone was exhausted with that whole fucking thing because it was a lot of horrific homophobia and transphobia. But we watched the Brandon Tina story first, and I was like, ooh, this is weird. And I I wasn't familiar with the Brandon Tina. Um what happened to Brandon Tina until this, um, until this class. And I think I was like 20, 19 and we watched boys don't cry. And, you know, college was the first time I really like understood what trans people, like who, like what trans, what what being trans meant and like really met trans people. Mm -hmm. And like that movie opened my eyes to a lot of shit that like my sheltered life, where I went to school, which was very like straight and white. And a lot of, I, I knew I really only hung out with cis people opened my eyes because the ending, especially with the very graphic shot of Brandon being shot in the head, I was like, oh, fuck. Like and the, the whole thing was just so upsetting and really opened my naive ass eyes about like what it means to exist in the world in a different, in a way that is deemed different from what is normal. And I think that kind of just like was a big learning moment for my dumb ass for like, again, how I grew up. And I think it was so upsetting to me, not only with that, but because there's like this romance and it seems like, oh, like trans people can like be in love and like have these romances and like have these relationships, like sweet romantic like stories. And then all of a sudden it just like goes, 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 like tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And it's just like, I, I had a friend in the class who was a trans man who walked out and was like, you didn't want, like, we didn't have, my teacher didn't believe in trigger warnings. So like, none of us were prepared for what was about to happen. Like we kind of knew, but we weren't like mentally prepared. And that sparked a whole fucking discussion about like the responsibility to prepare people, especially if they are trans, like for these kinds of violence, that, that kind of violence on screen and like realizing that that's not just any type of violence. Like it's a, it's much more than I think the professor like thought about it. So definitely an eye-opening experience that I was like, I never want to watch this movie again. Like, it's just so gut-wrenchingly upsetting. Yeah. And again, I don't, violence doesn't bother me, but here the violence is just like so bad, like just so graphic. And you know, what happened like, and you know what happened so i don't know it's not even like it's more realistic than other movies it's like something about it feels more realistic like it gets under your skin really bad i think because you spend the whole time being in love with brandon yeah because like he's, he's a harmless fuck up yeah he's a harmless fuck up who's like really charming and like yeah. he's got a great smile and like knows how to talk to people and is just like kind yeah, and empathetic cute. and he's cute and like is just He's an idiot. He's a fucking idiot, but like he's not doing like and doing like crimes, but he's not like a bad person. He's just kind of listless. And because of his horrific childhood, like, you know, and his upbringing, you know, he's kind of in that kind of like living in that rural area, not thinking he has like prospects. So he just is like fucking around. On top of yeah. like struggling with his identity since he was a young person and being like institutionalized by his family and like, 
I think his whole persona kind of shifted into this like anti-establishment, like fuck you thing, because his entire life he has been tried like packed into a mold and just beaten down by his family. Well, it's also like, um, you know, they were very poor. His family Mm -hmm. was very poor. Yeah. And uh, from what I understand, there were like two other components to his crimes. And one was that he was like a hopeless romantic and obviously very cute and girls loved him apparently. Um, And he would like steal like checks and stuff to pay for dates and and gifts for girls like the and he would like consider it like he didn't know it was like bad because he's like well i'm doing it to make someone happy you know so it's like, like a good that's thing so sad. like yeah and i be like oh <laughs> yeah and and also he's a child like he died when he was 21 yeah like a, a lot of these things happened when he was like 18 like again he was a child like you said yeah. he was a very young person <laughs> yeah so he's like a, a little naive i mean he was not um well educated you know he he dropped out of school i i want to say when he was in seventh grade maybe no i read that he he got kicked out of high school three days before graduation oh, because yeah, he was yeah, that's right. and so he almost finished and he got like kicked right. out of catholic school because he was like fuck this and they were like mm, but but he got kicked out like three yeah. days before graduation you're right you're right i'm sorry i misspoke yeah, and that always gets me. I'm like, really, really, Brandon. We're so fucking close. We're so close. <laughs> like, unfortunately, those kinds of things are just what are deemed important in society, Brandon. You were so close, buddy. So close. Um, yeah, and then another component is just like, I don't think people think about um, how expensive transitioning is. Like, not even necessarily medically. It's like all the little fucking components that you need like well that you don't you don't need them but if you are a person who chooses to um i guess like if you're a trans man who chooses to bind and pack and whatever yeah not that you have to do that as a trans man but i would say probably most trans men do um those things are fucking expensive. And I actually have like, whenever I think about this movie, um, I'll get back to my point, but uh, <laughs> I think about how he had, he must've had a pack and play. Do you know what a pack and play is? I think so. Not for kids. Yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> I, so, I, I've never heard the phrase, but I can, I think I, I'm pretty sure I know you can what guess. I can guess what it is, but I I'll guess explain. for the listeners explain what a pack and play is. Yeah. So a pack and play is, um, okay. So a packer is sort of like a dildo, but it's more just like a placeholder. So it's soft. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's to give you like a bulge in your pants and they have all different sizes, all different colors whatever have fun uh (laughs) have fun many different brands um a pack and play or a pack piss and play which those two don't necessarily go together um is like uh it's sort of like a a 
more like a dildo because um, you can use it for penetrative sex also. And you can not always, but like the fancy ones, you can use them to pee like standing up. So, um, okay. So that's exactly what I thought it was. (laughs) Yeah. I know what that is. (laughs) You're smart. Um, but yeah, so I always think about how he must've had one of those because they comment on, well, in the documentary, they comment on how he, he pisses standing up actually in the movie, they comment on how he pisses standing up. Yeah. Um, he obviously has sex. Yeah. Like penetrate, like penetrate sex. And in the documentary, it always makes me laugh. I've seen the documentary a couple times. Um, it makes me laugh because his girlfriend was like, I don't know how he did it so good. <laughs> it always makes me laugh. But I have questions because they're expensive now. Can you imagine in 93 in Lincoln, Nebraska? Like, where did you find it? Where did you get it? Like, did you make it? it? Like, I have questions. In maybe, the movie, like, he, he has like a real one. Yeah, he has a real because he has the real he has a real one. Which is it? I thought that was interesting that they showed him packing with a sock instead of. I was just going to say. I, I was like, why would you show the penis if he doesn't pack with the penis? Like, are you just why trying would to you be, leave that at home? Like, why? Like, wouldn't. I mean, I know I'm a cis woman, but like, wouldn't you, if you have the penis, wouldn't you pack with that instead of just a pair of socks? Well, I can tell you. <laughs> um, packing's fucking annoying. And I, I can imagine. Most, most. I feel like most trans men don't even do it. Like yeah. it's really irritating or just sometimes because, because the, there's so many like components, like you need special like holders or underwear. The underwear yeah. is fucking $60 a pop. Like then it's like, cool. okay, you can't even like most packers are just soft and you can't use them to pee or anything. Yeah. So it's just like, this is in the way. Like it's honestly, yeah. It's a liability. <laughs> well, it's just like, I guess it's like, why the fuck would they show it? It just, again, it felt like that exploitative. Like, look, value. like look, and, he, and he, if, he can wear a penis in his pants. Bruh. <laughs> bruh. When they bruh. showed the fucking like little pamphlet. What, bitch? What? <laughs> As if, you know what? Let me pull out my pamphlet on this thing that I already know about because I fucking live with it, but I don't want anyone else to know about. But let me carry a pamphlet around in my pants say, about like, it. What? Well, especially because like he's so aware. Of, like there's even the line that his cousin Nose. says, like they hang queer people. F-words, yeah. Yeah. In Fall City. And like Brandon is acutely aware of this danger. So like I don't think yeah. he would be just carrying like a up that pamphlet in his pants pocket. Like no. He hides tampons under the mattress for Christ's sake. Like you really think he's gonna like walk around with the pamphlet like that obvious out there? And that was a whole other thing. Because I'm like, he could have just taken out the trash and been like, oh, I'm staying here for free. I'll just take out the trash. You know? But whatever. I know. I, I wonder if that, that really happened. I was again, like, I know that it's Doubt like, it. I, I know it's important to show that, like, that's a thing that trans men deal with. But sometimes it just, I guess, I am jaded and like, it just feels like again shock value. Like, look, he's stealing tampons because he's on his period. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, as if he needs to carry a pamphlet around to remind himself that he's trans. Like he's been trans for a <laughs> while. Like it's not a new thing. Like he's. Yeah. Like he has identified this way for a long time. It's yeah. not new. It's like when people get their own name tattooed on their arm. My brother. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, I promise. 
is he gonna forget like why i wonder if he did <laughs> yeah i don't know um that is incredible why that's so weird anyway that's i don't know i don't grams. know <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um yeah so but my questions in this movie were well relating it back to his crimes like obviously a pack and play is going to be fucking expensive in 1993 in Nebraska. If you can even Even find find one. one. Yeah. So I'm sure some of his crimes were committed to fund, you know, transition care. You know, exactly. Like you said, it's like, he's not just like stealing money. He's stealing money for like weirdly wholesome and sad reasons. Yeah. Things he thinks are important. It doesn't make it right, but it also is like, he was not a malicious person. Right. As compared to like the two dudes that he hangs out with that are like just kind of shitty and they commit a lot yeah. of crimes, but are just like, I maliciously. mean, I know, and like that's maliciously. And I know that, you know, they are obviously in very like rural, like uneducated circumstances. And like some, that's what people turn to, to make money. But it was just a contrast there, especially like a lot of the crimes that he, that Brandon committed were like meant to be, for like his own, like part, like you said, like more like wholesome purposes rather than like these guys that are just like really shitty, homophobic, misogynistic, kind mm. of rapey. Yeah. Yeah. Did you also get, okay. Did you get any like sexual tension vibes between Brandon and the guy with the long hair? Like, yeah. Okay. Thank and you. I feel like that's um, on purpose. Yeah, it was weird because especially the scene where like they're racing down the road and the cops <clears> are following <throat> them and he's like leaning into his ear yeah, and like, like whispering. His well, ear. yeah. And I was like, OK, this is like very sensual and like there's something yeah. here, but it doesn't happen a lot. Like it's not really throughout the movie that much, but that moment felt very purposeful. And, like this really weirdly sexually charged moment between the two of them that I like. Did that yeah. really happen? I have no fucking idea, but it felt so purposeful and it was like a little bit confusing, but also like I could not stop thinking about it. Yeah, I feel like it's on purpose. Um, yeah. Almost as if like Brandon has some like allure on him or something and he doesn't know how to deal with it. And so later on, like yeah. he attacks him. Yeah. And again, that could be like internalized homophobia. Like, oh, I might right. be attracted to men. And then I find out, you know, well, Brandon is a man, but like not in the way that he expects and that could yeah wild i wonder if that was like any kind of real yeah i don't know i don't think so yeah because in that documentary that you know you watch too that guy um doesn't seem that complex (laughs) for uh you know just to be nice about it it's just interesting to include that like random like I don't know if it's queer baiting or like what, like that sexual tension part is just very strange because then he becomes yeah. so possessive over Lana, that whole weird situation. And I don't know how old anyone is at this point and who's actually related to who. Like, cause I know. Cause like, it's so it's, this is a story of found family. And like, that's what I think makes us really sad. Like on top of everything else, like Brandon thinks he's found this family. It's a weird ass family of some weirdos, but they're all super happy and smoke a lot of cigarettes and drink a lot together and take photos and just like love each other and whatever that means for them. It's Lana and her mom and their friends and then their friends, kids. And 
it's this like, you know, there are really like relatively wholesome moments between all of them that like are sweet, like they're family. They like, they take care of each other. And then that I think is a huge thing. That's like, again, this tragic thing of like, oh, you found a family, but actually fuck you. You don't get, you don't actually get access to that kind of family. You know what I mean? Like that was something I thought about a lot. I, yeah. And it's something that I actually wish the movie got a little bit more clear about, Mm -hmm. like, um, went into it a little bit more. There are a couple things I wish the movie did. Like I wish the movie did talk about, um, Brandon's like childhood a little bit or his relationship to his mom, um, or how he was assaulted when, when he was a child, it's like, I'm a little bit thankful that the movie didn't get into that because then already having little to no uh, trans man representation, they might come away from it being like, oh, well, this was just a you know defense mechanism because he was assaulted when he was a child. So yeah. now he like, you know, well, I also for think lack that- of a better term, becomes a man. Well, and I think that the context is important with his mom and his sister because they talk a lot about his mom and his sister like being models and like talk, like lies about them. And I think having that context of like the role that his sister and his sister even played and like tattling on him, yeah, like as a kid, like gives that another like a weird layer of context. But again, I guess they didn't want to like try to pack that all in there. But I think there are some things they do in it that would make more sense or have more contextual relevance if they had included that stuff from his yeah, past. Cause it kind of just throws you in like the movie just throws you in. Yeah. Well, and like he had a history of like dating women and posing as a man. Like he dated 14 and 13 year olds, which was when he was 18, which is like ugh, a little squeaky. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he did. So, ugh. um, but like he was institutionalized before this movie. Like they mentioned it very briefly, like, do you want your mom to lock you up again? And like, anyway, it's just interesting what they chose to like focus on. I guess again, because it's a love story. Like that's what they wanted. They wanted the love story component. Yeah. This is a good time for me to bring up the fuck I saw on Wikipedia. Or like when I Google, when you Google Boys Don't Cry, it says whatever. And then it says based on the Bonnie and Clyde story. Which what? Like, no, this is based on the actual story of Brandon, Tina. And also, where'd you get Bonnie and Clyde? Like, they commit, like, I, they don't, what? Like, it was so weird. I guess they're saying, like, Brandon and Lana are like Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, but I I don't oh even God, understand that fucking comparison. Like, <laughs> they barely committed, like, they stole some checks, but it wasn't like they yeah. went around, like, and committed these, like, ridiculous do they know who Bonnie and Clyde are? <laughs> like, do they know anything? And even about so, them? like, Lana doesn't really actually ever do anything illegal. Like, she was given that check. Exactly. She, like, she doesn't. She was given a blank check. Yeah, exactly. Like, she doesn't really do anything. So I was like, that's a. I don't know well, who because the they fuck go they in a car. Only couple in history to ever drive. It's wild. <laughs> but yeah, that was also. And yeah, interesting. Like, like what, what are we doing here? Like, what are we? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just, but anyway, yes, I picked up on the gay vibes from John in the movie. Yeah. And I think it was on purpose to kind of, I feel like it was done 
if it is real, but I think it is. I think it was done um, to sort of not only explain why he would attack Brandon, but also make his attack even more targeted. And yeah, I ha- I did have a note about um, how this movie makes John seem jealous. And I also have a note. First of all, I took notes for this movie. So that's something. <laughs> Not an extensive one, but one of my other notes is this movie makes John seem like a deep, complicated guy who loves Lana, but actually he's a full moron. Um, I have a note on how the rape scene is even worse because the cop's recording is playing and you can see Brandon dissociating. Yeah. If you want to talk about Do that. Do we want to talk? <laughs> I mean, I guess we should. Because that, Yeah. Stop clawing my bi pride flag. That's homophobic, Misu. <laughs> and during Pride Month. But during Pride Month, you fucking asshole. Now you're trying to bite it? Stop. Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> what a phobe. I have gone off the rails. Um, but yeah, That's playing okay. the sheriff. Keep this in. <laughs> playing. I mean, the- stop. You are fucking biphobic. What is wrong with you? Honestly, bi erasure in the cat community is ridiculous ridiculous fucking, no one tells you this but cats are raging home <laughs> i think they do tell you that but everyone <laughs> ignores it <laughs> all you lesbians cats out there they're homophobic i'm sorry <laughs> I need to break it to you but cats are homophobic anyway um yeah the ending the scene where they're playing the recording over top is just like Again, this like tragedy, like just instead of just showing it how it happened, which is already horrendous, they have to like layer all this stuff on top of it to make it even more emotional. And like, yeah, I get that emotional manipulation. But again, that kind of exploitative feeling here where like the actual recording, like, yeah, it actually happened. But it's like like the putting them on top of each other is that kind of like emotional manipulation that doesn't always sit right with me, especially in films like this. Like, it's kind of trauma porn or sadness porn. Yeah, it's like a bit much. It's like, look at this horrible thing that happened to this horrible to this like sweet boy who's trans and the homophobes in Nebraska. And it's just like, oh, for the love of God. But I will say that I I actually do appreciate that they put the recording in there because it's sort of having the recording in there illustrates how he is just from that, from the assault on over and over again, he's just re-traumatized and re-traumatized in yeah, other ways. Like that's that, true. That recording, like, so that recording part is word for word the actual like what the sheriff said yeah it's actually a lot less than the sheriff said that sheriff i think his name was like sheriff like laux or l-a-u-x that's not even a name he made Lau. it up. Lau, not Lau. that's like some french shit that i don't know how to pronounce yeah i don't know as my name is dax anyway <laughs> um <laughs> you you in there. It's like duh. <laughs> D-A-U-X. <laughs> he is dead. You'll all be happy to know. But he was 100% more worried about why Brandon was, quote, running around with girls when he is a girl. That's what he said. Um, 
than about the assault. And he was like, the way the words he used, disgusting. The way he described the assault, disgusting. All of it is horrible. And honestly, like the the transphobia in that scene is like but i think that that's why the recording is actually good because it shows mm-hmm. how true you know the two types of transphobia where it's the attack and then the other one is like well i'm just trying to understand you know yeah but like malicious that like he's trying to paint it as understanding but it's actually very malicious yeah and he's victim blaming yeah he's exactly. like oh well if you didn't want to get um assaulted you should have been I, I, what is his argument you shouldn't sleep yeah. with girls well and i also think to your point that like that recording illustrates that like there is no like the just justice system does not exist for in that like for people like brandon and how they're treated by law enforcement and by everybody so it's like no matter what, like the tragedy that happens isn't going to be taken seriously and like seen as like yeah the guys got arrested for murder but the way that it was like talked about by the sheriff is just like well, not for nothing. They also killed two other people. So who's no, that's to say? true. Because like, they tr- killed Candace, or not Candace? She's not Candace in not in real, real life, but Candace in the movie. Yeah, and and the movie doesn't even show, but they they murdered a black man too, that's who was right. at Candace's house. Well, at, at what is her real name, her name in real life? But yeah, I forgot that. And it was neither one of those was considered a hate crime, even though it's. I think believed that the reason that um, I think his name was Philip Devine, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. um, he it's pretty much like widely believed that he was killed because he's black. Like, yes, he was there and he's a witness, but like, that's why, because he didn't witness anything yet. He was the first to be killed. Uh... I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I'm pretty sure. Well, I think that was the order. Unfortunately, that tracks for the rep- like who those people were. Well, if you watch the documentary, anyone listening, someone's mother is the one who found all the bodies. Like Lana was not there. No. In fact, Lana was home with her mother and, you know, John and Tom, who in real life only knew each other for a matter of days before this happened. They were not like friends. They went to like Lana's house to find Brandon and uh, Lana and her mother said like, he's at the friend's house in the movie Candace and didn't warn anybody. So yeah, that's a whole other thing that I won't get into allegedly, allegedly, whatever. But um, yeah, Uh, in that documentary, whoever came in and found the bodies calls philip like the n-word in the documentary that's right i've not seen that documentary in a long time but with the o you know what i'm saying oh oh oh, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. okay i've i have blocked out the documentary because i did not like that (laughs) one traumatizing two it's not a very i don't i didn't from what i can remember it's not a very good documentary I think that the filmmakers were trying to be respectful, but the family and people associated with the crime are so disrespectful that it's like really hard to watch. They consistently misgender Brandon or go back and forth with calling him a boy or a girl or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, I, I think I remember having a discussion in my class about that and like what what is ethical and like what should it like is that okay? Like, yeah, they say like the D word for lesbians, stuff like that. So it is hard to watch. Um, just if you, especially with twenty twenty one eyes, it's hard to watch. But it, it was hard anyway. Like when I first saw it, because it's just like really everyone. Yeah. Like he's dead. You can't even like call him by like, even if you just use male pronouns and like, you know what I mean? Just me, I guess. Anyway. Yeah. Well, it, it. I mean, it's not great, but yeah. it does give you some insight as to who the fuck we're dealing with. And it does yeah. interview both John and Tom That's from right. jail. So if you're curious about how they look or, or seem, it's probably how you think. They, the Tom kind of looks like Eileen Mornos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. P- Peter Sarsgaard, right? Yes. Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard and uh, Brendan Sexton the third. Those are generous, generous yep. choices for those I men. I would agree with that. And they're both so good. Everyone, that's the problem. <laughs> with why I'm like, I was yelling about Hillary Swank earlier is because I feel like um, everyone is really good in this movie. Yeah. Including Hillary Swank. I know. That's the thing. I was thinking about that when I was watching. I'm like, I'm annoyed, but also she is, she does do a good job. Like her performance. Well, that's is- the thing. They can do well. It's just people can do stuff. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess we're okay. I guess we can do stuff. Yeah, like she does it well. I'm not saying she doesn't. It's just yeah. her literal image is the problem. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Chloe Savini. Oh, my God. Is it Savini? Savigny, I, I, say Savigny? I say Savigny, but I don't know if that's true. I've heard it pronounced that way. But wow, these guys really have weird shaped heads. Yeah, dude. One of them looks like Buffalo Bill. Bro, it's John. <laughs> it's he does John. look like he Buffalo looks Bill. Like Buffalo Bill. And he kind of sounds like I'm a little oh bit. Oh my God. Ma'am, you can't jump on that desk. Rude. Bitch. Dumb. But yeah. But yeah, Chloe Sevegni, I love her in everything she's in. And and this, like, she is incredible. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm like in love with her. Uh she's also in Portlandia. And <laughs> do you watch Portlandia? No. In <laughs> passing. Um, I think Peter Sarsgaard is really good in this because he's such a creep. Like, oh my god! And Brendan Ugh. Sexton the third is too. Like, not that they're creeps in real life. Um, I listened to a podcast where the host is like dates Brendan Sexton the third, oh. which I find to be a fun fact. Oh, interesting. And he seems actually really nice and not like a creep at all. Um, <laughs> I think they're both so talented at and. Actually, Brendan Sexton the Third is actually like a really good character actor. Yes, um, he's also in Session Nine. <gasps> yes, okay. That I was trying to remember what I had seen him in before because I've seen him in some stuff, and I'm like, he's. What was, I was thinking of Session Nine. Like he's so good in that movie. He really is. He's in some other stuff too. Um, he's in Empire Records. I think he's in that. I think he's in that movie, Sweet Home Alabama, with the Reese Witherspoon. He's in uh, the Runaways. Oh, maybe he's Three not. Three billboards. Oh, maybe. I, oh, I got him mixed up with someone else. My bad. Russian doll. Yes, I got him mixed up with another actor. Oops. But anyway. I, I know, know who you're I, thinking of. Yeah, Ethan Embry. They kind of look similar. 
But they, anyway, yeah, a little bit. But yeah, he's he plays a good creep. Peter Sarsgaard always plays a good creep. It was such a good creep. Like just his vibe. I've seen I didn't him. Know that was him for years. Like his vibe is just so gross in this movie and just like off putting. Mm, and I think greasy. The thing that really solidifies it is that moment where he's like, I-, I thought it was creepy the way he was like kissing his daughter and she was sitting on his lap. And I don't know why I got weird vibes <gasps> when he was like putting her I know ear what behind. You're gonna say. Like, and then she pisses on him and he freaks the fuck out. And it's like this such a yeah. weird thing of like him being like weirdly sensual with his four-year-old daughter. And then he like screams at her and throws her. Yeah. Cause she pees on what him. What is his daughter's name? April. In this? Do you know? April. Okay, because there's a another creeper part uh of his where um I think it's Candace is trying to get them to like say what they did to Brandon. Um and she like tells tells them that Brandon said that they assaulted him and he's like if I wanted to rape somebody I would just go after like whoever I thought I thought he said his daughter and I was like what the fuck but yeah. I, I don't think that's what he said yeah I don't think so either but yeah well, I, I, I don't think she's who he said he definitely said if I wanted to rape somebody which is like okay cool. Great. <laughs> awesome. Fuck you, dude. Oh, like every part of this movie is just like. <sighs> yeah, he's always a good creep. He's so greasy in this movie, too. Just trailer park, which is apparently like where they are from. But it looks like a like a stereotypical one. How like probably you and I would. Anyway, I was just going to say like the offensive stereotype of like what people from a trailer park look like they do a good job of making them look like that yeah they do everything Uh, looks like dingy and like drunk drunk and like cigarettes everywhere like everyone's always smoking and everyone's kind of drunk all the time or like hitting a bong like no one is sober ever and they just make everyone look like burnout like burnout smell this movie Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh i can smell the couch it's full of cigarettes smoke. You know, anybody hasn't seen this, it is really triggering. And they misgender him a lot. And it's very graphic. Yeah. Um, it's heartbreaking I, overall. Yeah, I, I have a hard time recommending this movie uh, to anyone who, especially anyone who is trans or in the queer community. Like, I just, it's it's something that's not really recommendable just from like the subject matter and the way you know it's relatively well done but i that doesn't make it worth putting yourself through that drama i think yeah i i go back and forth because it is like a good movie yeah um i just saw a note where he says like yeah of course like this is all my fault so it's that kind of movie yeah like yeah i don't know it's just really sad i mean it is like a just be warned i guess and it, and yeah. like apart from being sad it's so graphic exactly and like it's just i mean a document of what a trans man a fictionalized document of what a trans man went through and his death so i mean like i think especially for people who are not trans or understand what being trans is or like when trans people talk about their safety and they don't, they don't really get it. This is a good movie for them to watch, to be like, Hey, this is what trans people like face and are terrified of like on a daily basis. And like, 
maybe like unfortunately might encourage some empathy from people. Maybe not, but one can hope. (laughs) So that has been another episode of Watch Once Never Again. Next week, we are going to be tackling Solo or 120 Days of Sodom. Hooray, everybody. Get excited. Get ready for lots of excretions and assault and just a weird fucking time. Uh, Watch it if you dare beforehand. Mm, Don't feel obligated. We'll talk about it. (laughs) So I I, I'm not I'm not going to tell you to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that one because I have hilarious experience with that movie. Um, Yeah. So get ready for that one, y'all. The big, a big old heavy hitter next week. That one's a special gift for anybody who thought we were only going to cover like psychologically disturbing movies, (laughs) which I guess it is. It is, but it's, it's fucking nasty. So uh, yeah, that's next week. And then that'll be leading into our next director series, which we will reveal soon. That's going to get horny, guys. Get ready to get horny with our next director set. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Um, <laughs> um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. I am Mary Beth. You can follow me on Twitter at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Daxi Bobbin. Um, and then make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Wona Podcast. That's at W O N A Podcast. And you can also send us an email at Wona Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, y'all. I was just going to say thank you to everybody who uh, gave me some feedback on last week's episode when yeah. you were not here. Oh, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for reaching out. Um, brain broken, but we're doing better. So I appreciate everyone who sent kind words. And I appreciate Dax for doing that episode last week. So we love all of you. Bye. Mm, speak for yourself. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>